Hi, I'm Abigail, and welcome to the second season of the Live Passionately podcast. This season is going to be all about new learning, learning that can broaden our horizons, maybe make us a little uncomfortable, and teach us how to embrace change as a constant. I hold tightly to the concept of being a lifelong learner. Throughout my education, leading one career, changing my mind, pursuing my passion, and applying to grad school. Every process, every conversation, every experience can be approached through learning. Throughout this season, I have set up interviews with some amazing people, ready to teach you about nutrition, life coaching, digital marketing, travel, and a million other different themes, exaggeration intended. I'm glad you were here to join us today, and I hope you take a little something with you from this episode. I'm super stoked for today's podcast episode, and like I say in my book, which will be coming out this year, woohoo! like I say in my book, and like I say probably all over Instagram and in this podcast so many times you're going to roll your eyes when you hear it, it's not about waiting for opportunities to happen, but it's about making them happen. And a few weeks ago, I emailed Gabrielle Stone, author, director, actress, crossing my fingers that hopefully maybe she'd email me back and we'd be able to sit down and have a little interview about her new book Eat Pray FML which is rated number six on Amazon for adventure travel guides. So it's in that best-selling number six for adventure travel guides and let me tell you it was a really good read. It was a great read because it was just so relatable. You know how sometimes you read books and and they're great and they're good and but you can't really relate to those characters, this is not that book. This is the book that you sit down to read and you can't put it down because you feel like you are there. And you can feel her pain and you can feel her success and you can feel her happiness and and all the emotions that she goes through throughout this adventure that she took all by herself in her solo trip, you feel them. You feel them because they're relatable and they're real and they're raw. And like I say in the interview that you'll be hearing shortly, I told her, you know, I was reading this book and I said, this can't be someone's life. I said, it can be. It can be, but it can't be someone's life all squeezed into three months. It is like a Netflix show. And many of her friends and family did refer to her life as a Netflix show, as you'll hear in the interview, as well as when you read the book. So without further ado, I would really love to get this interview started. And I want to share with you what I learned. Joining us today on the podcast is writer, actress, director, and badass Gabrielle Stone. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for that awesome intro. (laughs) So we're going to dive right in. And for the listeners who haven't read your book yet or really know your backstory, could you tell us a little bit about the challenges you have faced and how they've shaped you to be who you are today? Yes, totally. So I was married for almost two years. And in 2017, I found out that my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months. He filed or I filed for divorce and left. And shortly after I met a guy and fell madly in love. And we had this whirlwind romance and really quick, passionate love affair. And he convinced me to go on a month long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on a plane, 
He told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated. He broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And I had a decision to make. And that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. And I decided to go. I took a backpack and I did six countries over the span of a month and wrote a book about it called Eat, Pray, FML. That I remember when I got to the chapter... I mean, just the, the, in your book, just the chapter with your very good private detective skills, I may add. Yes, thank you. <laughs> when I got to the, I read that chapter and I was already like, oh my gosh. And then when I got to the chapter where, you know, where you were supposed to go on the trip and then 48 hours in advance, oh, we're not doing the trip together anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, this poor woman. <laughs> It it, honestly, it was like one thing after another at that point. And this all happened in such a close proximity to each other, like this, this chain of events. So in July was when I, uh, or sorry, in June was when I found out about the affair. I handed my ex-husband the papers July 5th and two weeks after that. So about a month after knowing about the affair, um, I met Javier Uh, And we were together for a month and a half, two months, and then all of this, you know, stuff exploded around the trip. So this whole thing took place in my life over the span of like four months. It was just one thing after another. And I remember all my friends would call me and say, okay, we just wanted to know what's going on this week in the Netflix show that has become your life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, I I was, every time you mentioned the Netflix show that has become your life, I was reading this book and I was like, this is not someone's life. Like this cannot happen. (laughs) Like, yes, it could be someone's life, but like this was such a short span of time for you. And it was almost like the universe was cramming so many lessons, but you couldn't really figure them out yet because it was just so fast. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, but a lot of times you can't see that until you're on the other side of it. But When I found out that I was going on this trip by myself, as heartbroken and devastated as I was, I knew in that moment that it was happening for a reason and what that reason was. And since I was a little girl, when I lost my father, when I was six, I have had a fear of abandonment. And that has manifested itself throughout my life in not wanting to be alone, not feeling okay by myself, always needing a guy in my life or needing to have a roommate or a friend over and not really ever truly feeling okay by myself. And this was the universe's clear way of making me go face that shit head on um, in the biggest way possible. So I knew that it was going to be life changing. I just kind of had to take the leap to go and do it. I will say I was I was very much looking I read your book in like three days like it really did not take me very long oh. because I was just so so looking forward to seeing what lessons you were going to learn and where the story was going to go and how your soul searching experience was going to take place I was very much invested in your story I will say that oh, I'm so glad <laughs> What would you say your philosophy is around heartbreak and its possible link to soul searching? Um, so for me, everybody always asks, like, didn't you, you know, put walls up around your heart after all this happened and you must be so scorned and jaded on relationships. But for me, if there was any 
time that I should have put walls up around my heart, it would have been after I found out about my ex-husband's affair and, Mm. you know, that he had so blatantly disrespected my body and our bond and our, you know, relationship. And if I would have done that, I never would have met Javier, who's the man that I, I met after. I would have never fallen in love. I would have never gotten my heart broken, which I had never had before in my life. And I wouldn't have gone on this crazy adventure to then write this book that's now resonating with so many people around the world and helping other people heal and get through things. Um, So I really, my outlook on heartbreak is that it's kind of like a rite of passage. And as much as it can suck and be so, so painful, it's going to teach you so many amazing lessons and you're going to become a better person when you're on the other end of it. So I always say to love fully and with an open heart and let anything the universe brings you, you know, go with it full force. Obviously don't like blatantly ignore red flags, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to just step in with an open heart because whether or not that experience is going to be your forever love, or it's going to be a really big lesson love, it's going to be important in your life. Oh yeah, for sure. What motivates you to push for what motivated you to push for this soul search you were kind of thrown in I will say but what was your really big okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this by myself like what was your really big motivation um well when I found out I was you know that he wanted to go by himself it was so last minute um I mean it was Friday night and we were leaving Sunday midday And I hadn't planned anything because this was his trip that he had invited me on. So it was really like, I bought a backpack, I packed it, I bought my ticket, I had some money, you know, that I was going to use on the trip, but that was it. Like I, he had told me where we were going and like all throughout Italy, but I had done no planning. So when I found out that he wanted to go by himself, it was like, well, am I going to stay home? No, there was no chance in hell that I was going to stay home and like watch him go gallivant around Europe. Um, So it really became a matter of, you know, what are you going to make of it? And I knew that I wanted to go. I, I had been saying, Um, even when I was married, I was like, I don't want to have kids and settle, like really, you know, lock down the whole family thing until I get to go travel Europe for a while. So the Europe had been on my mind for a long time. So it really wasn't a matter of, are you going to go? It was just, I I just knew that I had to. Um, so I also knew in that moment that I was going to write a book about it and it, it was looking back at like how much stuff had happened to me with the cheating and how I found out and the divorce and the new love and the breakup. And then now I'm going to Europe for a month by myself. I was like this, it it felt like my life had become a sitcom only. It wasn't super funny to be in it. Um, and it, it was like, I have to be able to sit down and write this because it's, there's been too many ridiculous instances to Mm -hmm. have it just be normal. Um, so I, I knew that it was going to really change me because I've known very consciously that my biggest fear in life is being okay by myself and my fear of abandonment. Um, And I knew that this was literally going to force me to get over that. And I I know I did for the longest time. I very much resonated. Well, I very much resonated with one, the planning everything out. I used to very much be a planner. I had like my whole five years planned ahead. Terrible idea. Um, (laughs) 
But I also really resonated with the idea that the you're you're writing everything down. I was just so like that's me. I'm a writer. I have uh, my fiction novel is out. I'm in the process of writing a nonfiction, and so oh, I really congratulations. Thank you. I really vibed with you during the whole book especially in the parts where you were writing things down because that's just so important and it's I find it a really important part when it comes to being okay with being your by yourself and and loving yourself yeah it, it really was my comfort zone um so when I would be out you know at a cafe and it took me a while to be able to go to a restaurant sit down by myself and feel not like people were staring at me and thinking I was weird um and the first couple cities that I was in when I did that I would take my journal and I'd be writing so it kind of gave me this this safety blanket of like okay it's all right you're by yourself but like you have you have your writing and what's crazy is a lot of people just think that I journaled throughout my whole trip I bought this journal the day before I left and I knew I was writing a book I remember when Javier and I decided that he was going by himself and he dropped me off at my house after we talked he looked at me and was like how do you feel Gabs and I was like like I'm about to go on a journey of eat pray fuck my life and that's the title (laughs) um and I I wrote the I started it the first day that I arrived in London and wrote my entire trip I wrote three-fourths of the book on the trip and it's not like I wrote a journal and then turned it into you know a, a book afterwards I if you open my journal it says chapter one and it's very very close to how the actual book turned out mm. so I also I find that so fascinating that it's very rare especially in this generation in this decade that people write their book by hand first totally um and I think it was it was really therapeutic for me um to physically physically get out what I was dealing with so from my brain to my my hands um and to like have it physically come out that writing process was like therapy for me. I don't think I would have gotten through 2017 without writing this book. And it also just made it feel so much more like travel-esque that I didn't have to, you know, find a cafe with with a power outlet to plug in my laptop. And, you know, it really was just like I could be anywhere and just pull out my journal and start writing. And I got to write in some really amazing places because of that. Um, there was a spot in Paris when we went to um, the Palace of Versailles and we were in the garden um, overlooking this like incredible view um, and I could just sit there with my with my journal and write and it became this this like travel companion for me almost you know that was really like my therapist uh, throughout this crazy journey. I've always looked at it at my journal as kind of like me reflecting back so it's like I'm never alone because yeah. I'm with myself but for the first little bit it was okay well my journal is going to represent me sitting with me if that makes any sense totally and I love that so much and it's so accurate could you explain a little bit to our listeners because you've gone through so much you went through so much change and I'm sure even after the trip and coming back there was lots of moments of change as well but could you explain to our listeners how change and having to start over, having to take a different path, how that made you more of a badass and possibly made you more confident and made you more 
I guess, in love with yourself or love yourself more? Totally. That's such a good question. And there's so many different like check marks um, on my journey where that's happened. So I guess chronologically, the first change was not being married anymore. Um, you know, you never go into a marriage thinking that it will end. <laughs> um, and for me, it was the biggest blessing. Um, I had been unhappy for quite some time and had been working really hard to try and get us back to a place of happiness and love. Um, and I think if he wouldn't have done something so drastic and made it so easy for me to walk away, I would have been stuck in that a lot longer, um, trying to make it work and pressure to, you know, follow through on the commitment I had made. Um, so that change was obviously massive in my life. And at first, you know, with divorce, you feel all of those feelings of embarrassment and, oh my God, what are people going to think? And everybody just came to this wedding that we had and, you know, embarrassed that he cheated and, you know, what are people going to say? And it, it really started with all that and quickly moved into, oh my God, this was the best thing that could have possibly happened to me. Um, but of course, change is always scary when it starts, you know, um, I went and then I went from thinking I was going on this romantic month long vacation with this guy I was so head over heels in love with to going completely by myself with no plans. I mean, when I say no plans, we had a flight that was booked from LA to London and then London to Rome. I flew on that flight with him. We, I stayed in London because I had one of my girlfriends that lived there. So at least I had like a starting home base and he went on to Rome. I didn't even book, you know, where I was going to go until I was in whatever city I was in. So when I was in London, I think on the third day, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to Amsterdam next. And I booked my ticket. Um, still had no idea where I was going to go after that. So I was very much like, flying by the seat of my pants in true solo travel fashion. And um, that was a huge change for me too. You know, like you said, I, I plan everything. My my friends and family laugh because I'm like, what are we having for dinner on Friday? <laughs> like they're like, it's Monday. Um, and it, it really forced me to let go a lot of that control. And it ended up being the best thing for me. Um, when I took my second solo trip, last year uh, in 2019, by choice this time, um, <laughs> I purposely didn't plan because it's it's the best way to travel if you're solo because you have so much freedom to meet people and, you know, go here and take a random flight here on a whim. Um, so I think it's really, change is one of the best things. It's just uncomfortable. Um, but for me, all of those things completely shifted me into where I'm at now. I mean, I have a whole different career, you know, I'm, I still act and direct of course, but I mean this year, especially with COVID and everything, when, when our whole industry shut down, like I have very much so identified myself as an author and the mm -hmm. majority of work that I have done the past year has been around the book. And it's been so fulfilling to be able to connect with all of these readers and these people around the world that have, have been reading my journey and have been healing and learning and laughing along with it. Um, it's, it's completely changed my life. So change is one of the scariest things and people really fight it, but it can really bring you the most beautiful gifts in life. Absolutely. When I was reading your book, I remember it was a while back now, I was listening to a separate podcast. And 
the person on the podcast, the host said that fear, when it comes to fear, we don't want to run away from it. We kind of recognize it. Like we don't want to hide either. We recognize it. We see that it's there and then we just keep going. And that's all I could think about when I was reading your book. Totally. I I love that. I remember when I was on my trip, I found this quote that I ended up sending to Javier and it was um, something along the lines of fear can make you do one of two things, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And it's so Mm -hmm. true that when you, when you really look fear in the eye and walk forward, that's when like the really, really big shifts happen in your life and it can be so magical on the other end. Absolutely. I left, I did the the fear facing thing and I was in a career path that I really, like I was good at it, but you can be good at something and not like it. And I really didn't like it. And I faced my fear, I recognized it and then I quit and I started a completely different career path. And so every time I read books like yours, I'm always like, okay, I'm on the right track. Like I, I vibe with it. Totally. That, and it's, it's life is too long and too short to be unhappy in any sense. So it, it, it's not worth, you know, doing something that you're not totally stoked on and loving for years and years and years. What are your top three tips for our soul searchers out there or even possible thinking about soul searching people out there? Um, Take a trip (laughs) when COVID's over. Um, Seriously, my biggest thing is if you have never gone on a solo trip, do it once in your life. It will be the most it will be the most life-changing thing and the best gift you could ever give yourself. And it's terrifying at first. Even when I did my second one at the airport, I was like having a full-on panic attack. Like, why did I think this was a good idea to fly across the world by myself? Am I insane? And then the second you get on the plane, you're like, oh my God, I'm such a badass. This is going to be amazing. Um, So it's really... That's that's my biggest number one tip is to when you can, even if it's not, you know, flying across the world, even if it's going to, you know, a national park and camping for the weekend, but like go by yourself because you can learn so much about yourself when there's no other distractions around you. Um, and it's it's really the best way to start that soul journey. Um, but if you're, you know, stuck at home during COVID, I would say it's, it's really about finding things that make your soul happy, like, um, meditating and reading new books that, you know, you normally wouldn't pick up. Um, eat, pray, FML is a great one to start there. (laughs) You know, it's, it's hard to jump into those like gnarly self-help books that are like, this is how you change your life. But if you can find one, like, like eat, pray, FML, that, you can have fun reading and it's like going on this ridiculous adventure journey. But at the same time, you get so many tips and insights on how to heal and how to grow and how to like really look at yourself and go inward. Then that's a really great place to start because you're having fun, but you're also like learning a lot of aha moments about yourself at the same time. So as we go to like close off our little short interview here at the end of each podcast episode, when I do an interview, I always do an off the top of your head questions. So five questions that you have to instinct instinctively answer. Would you be up for that? 
I'm totally up for that. I'm just going to forewarn everyone. I'm so bad at rapid fire, but let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is passion? Oh, sorry. You cut out. I didn't hear that one. Oh, sorry. What is passion? Oh God. Passion is something that you can't not have like when you when you're doing something and you're like oh my god I can't not do this in my life that's when you know you have passion around it what does it mean to enjoy something to to feel happy to feel that like excitement inside your soul and know that know that it's something that you're you're doing that's bringing you that joy excitement inside your soul I'm writing that down that was really (laughs) good one (laughs) why are challenges important Challenges are important because they teach us who we are and they teach us that we are more capable of overcoming them than we ever really knew. What does it mean to love yourself? Oh, the age old question. Um, To love yourself is not this mythical thing where you look in the mirror and you're like, oh God, I so love you, Gabrielle. Um, Loving yourself is showing up for yourself every day and giving your soul the things that it loves and doing things for yourself that you know make you feel good. And last question, how can we live our best life? Well, first of all, by loving yourself um, (laughs) and doing things that make you you happy and make your soul love. Um, and, And not settling not settling in an unhappy marriage, not settling in a career that's not fulfilling you, and really sitting down and getting quiet with yourself and deciding what is going to make you the happiest person in the time that we have on this planet, and then doing it no matter what. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It was a lot of new learning, and it was really great to sit down and talk with you today. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Take care. Thanks, girl. Gabrielle was such an authentic person to sit down and talk to, and it was such a great chat, and I was so appreciative of the fact that she took the time out of her day, especially that day in particular. She had a lot of interviews, a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of phone calls. So she made the time, she sat down with me, and we chatted for a bit, and it was a really great chat. If you want to purchase Gabrielle's book, follow her on Instagram, or go check out her website, all that information is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. The Live Passionately podcast is an independent podcast hosted and produced by myself, Abigail, with royalty-free music, A Good Life by Dark Fantasy Studios. I want to thank all of my listeners, subscribers, and followers. Remember to always live passionately. 